going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's time for Clapper Killies. Start your weekend <laughs> off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Where has this been my whole life? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Thank you, Will, for playing the sitar from Love You Too from the Beatles. George Harrison playing that sitar. But he learned it from his guru, Ravi Shankar. That's how you learn it, one-on-one. It's got to be passed down. But what a sound it makes. This is what my heart feels like when I ride the ocean waves. The sitar riding the sound waves. Mmm. Don't forget about food. We got to talk about rescuing something from the past. Guess what I ate this week? That reminds me of the surfboard, the sea tar, the rescuing from the past. A donut. A donut rescued from the past. An old-fashioned donut with chocolate dripped all over it. Oh, my God. I put a picture of it on Twitter. You can see it. But I'll tell you where you can get the greatest old-fashioned donut I've ever eaten. But first, let's talk about Duke Hanamoku. This is what happened. So let me just take you back. 1912, he's breaking records and wins a gold medal at the Stockholm Olympics. But here's what happened. There was a glitch. Some crazy rule that knocked him out of the preliminaries. And they, and again, his skin was dark. This is 1912. They're not that happy that America has a dark-skinned swimmer. So in 1912, they're looking for reasons not to let him compete. But a gentleman, an angel from above, the greatest swimmer in 1912 in the world was from Australia. His name was Cecil Healy. And he said to the Stockholm Olympics, you want me to swim in this big meet because I'm the fastest guy in the world? Well, I ain't going to swim. I'm not going to swim unless I beat the best. And the man I need to meet is that American with the dark skin that you don't want to let compete, Duke Kahanamoku. They said, too bad. He said, well, then too bad for you. I ain't swimming. And he put his foot down and they had to concede. So they let Duke swim. And guess what happened? Duke Hanamoku broke the world record and beat that Australian. They became fast friends out of mutual respect. So when the Olympics were over, guess where Duke Hanamoku goes? He goes to meet his buddy now from Australia. He takes a ship and you're not flying. There's no planes yet to Australia. And in 1914, he goes to Australia to do swimming expeditions for Cecil Healy. The country goes crazy, but Duke Hanamoku gets bored. And all these ocean waves in Australia are going off, but there's no surfing. There's no surfboards. Oh, you got to hear this story. So where exactly did this crazy thing called surfing really come from? In large part, from this man and this board. Here is the legend of Duke Hanamoku and the board that he rode into history. Duke Kahanamoku was born in 1890. Like many other Hawaiian boys, he had been named for the Duke of Edinburgh, who had visited the islands in 1886. As a teenager, he helped resurrect the ancient Polynesian sport of surfing, which had been suppressed during the colonial period. So Harry comes to Australia to pay his respect to his buddy. After his Olympic triumph in Sweden, he continued to globetrot. Around Christmas Day, 1914, he reached Sydney, Australia. 
he was here for what they call the Kahanamaku Carnivals, which was, was swimming exhibitions, and he went around the country swimming. But after a while, he was bored with mere swimming. The 25-year-old Duke wanted to surf. Problem was, nobody had ever surfed down under. Although Australia was surrounded by wide beaches with shapely waves, nobody was riding them. Unless you counted the sharks. Yeah, they were afraid. There's no surfing. There's no surfboards. Since there were no surfers, there were no boards. Not a problem for Duke, who was used to carving his own. Kahanamoku ordered a length of sugar pine from a local hardware store. He then went to work with carving tools and in a few hours had fashioned a serviceable board. It was shaped like a bullet and was about as subtle. It had no fins. It was big, eight and a half feet long and heavy. Quite amazing. Weighs about 65, 70 pounds. It's very heavy. Anyone who's ever lifted it would know how heavy it is. On January 15, 1915, he hauled the board out to Freshwater Beach, just north of Sydney. Freshwater seems a spot made for drama, a long tongue of the sea surrounded by high cliffs. In this natural amphitheater, a large crowd had gathered, presumably to watch Duke and his outlandish board being served to the sharks like an appetizer on a cracker. Instead, he splashed into the surf and expertly caught a wave. It was the first time on record that a man stood upright on a board in the Australian surf. And that board is probably the most cherished item in all of Australia. That's board number one. Now let's talk about board number two.